No, no, no pundit on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dreadful. Dumb and dumb, I'd call it. Yes, hello. Welcome back to the 40-yard switch. <clears throat> Coming to you live on a pretty cool January morning. Uh, uh, just with me and uh, Max Rezik joining us again this week. Welcome. Back to back. Yeah, back to back. Like I'm Jordy 9697. Um, I've just finished watching the Arsenal-Newcastle game. Uh, Newcastle defending well to hold uh, hold Arsenal out to a nil-all stalemate. So we're going to discuss our thoughts from that game, and then we're going to look up some of the results that have just happened because we haven't seen them yet, and see what happened there. But first and foremost, Rezik, um, what do you think about the game? I think the first 10 minutes of the game were radically different to the rest of the game from an Arsenal perspective. We looked on top of them. The ball was in their box for a good 80% of the first 10 minutes. We looked like we were going to pepper them, and then it just kind of... I know the one word to describe it would be a bit uninspiring. Yeah. We really didn't have many chances. I feel like Eddie didn't get much delivery. There were probably way too many shots from outside of the box that went nowhere. Yeah. And I think that just comes from a lack of... I don't know. When you're shooting those kind of shots from outside of the box, it comes from sort of a lack of um, the, the right mentality or a game plan. Because surely those shots aren't open. They're not shots we usually score in our team. So therefore, people were, were dropping in the required mentality that they needed to have today. And I think we got, to be honest, it just was lazy towards the end. Yeah, big time. And like the amount of times that we were just expecting Saka or Martinelli on the wings, literally hugging the sideline to make a chance, it, it just really felt like we were a bit lackluster today and that there wasn't as much chemistry as you usually see with an Arsenal team. Yeah. You know, the goals that we've been scoring in this system have been a bit of tiki-taka. You'll get three, four passes and then a relatively straightforward shot. I can't think of one straightforward shot we had today. No, no, you're right. I think, yeah, definitely. Like, opening exchanges, like, we got a lot of pressure in their box and, like, a lot of balls that, like, fizzed across or, like, just missed a foot. But, like, I think the first meaningful shot on target we had was, like, Eddie and Kedia in the 82nd minute. Exactly. It took us a long time to... And credit to Newcastle. They set up well. They had a game plan... Like we're we're one of the best scoring teams in the league. We haven't we we this is the first game they managed to hold us to the first game all season where we haven't scored a goal. So they credit to them they had a plan they stuck to it. But we didn't do enough to, like not even just break them down, but just do enough to really unsettle them for about seventy percent of the game. I feel like no, definitely, and, and you're right. Credit to Newcastle because they did. You know we are a team that this season has shown that we can do that against the best sides in the world. So the fact that Newcastle, like it's always a combination, right? I feel like Arsenal didn't play as well as they usually do. But then you also have to credit the defence for keeping us out. Yeah. I w- on the other side of it, I don't think Newcastle had a very good game. No. Like they had, I don't. I can't remember. They didn't have a clear shot. I think they had one shot that sort of like bubbled into Ramsdale's arm really easily. But that Ramsdale wasn't forced to make a, a simple, like uh, a more than diff- like a difficult save. No, no. So I think that says something too, that we obviously defended extremely well ourselves, but it was a game of defense more than offense, that's for sure. Yeah. But I also think like when we spoke about this while watching the game, Arsenal at the moment, super good starting eleven, and then good players on the bench, not 
but like not players that when you're playing against the best teams like you know at yeah. Newcastle at the moment yeah United City Chelsea etc um, and this is the reason they're interested in players like uh, Mikelo Mudrik and others is because right now if you take Martinelli off or you take Saka off you're bringing on someone who even if they are a good player isn't as good so right now like, like, like City and like Liverpool when they're fully fit Arsenal are looking to have that bench player who's as good as Martinelli or as good as Saka. So when Martinelli or Saka it's either not working for them or they get tired, we can bring on that player and can, you know, change the game. And you're dead on. There was a lack of creativity towards the end there. And that's what led to a lot of these dumb outside shots. And the one that comes to mind is like Gabriel. It's like there's five minutes left, bro. When have you scored from out there in your whole career? He hasn't. So that's the problem. It's you're right. There's a lack of creativity, and we've got great players on the bench. And you know, when we say great players, it's comparing to Arsenal of old for the last three seasons, where we're bringing on El Nenny in the 80th minute. It's like he's not winning us a game. Yeah. Whereas we need that creativity on the bench. And look, Vieira should be that player, and he's going to be that player one day. But if Arsenal hope to contend and actually, but you know, as they should right now, in pole position to win the league. We do need some more creativity there that we oh, yeah. can rely on. And you like you look at City, like in a race, in like maybe not this season, but like in in or even this season, in, like, like they, if they if they start with like Foden, Haaland, and uh, Mares up top, they've got Julian Alvarez they can bring on. They've got Jack Grealish they can bring on. They've got like uh, like all these players that they can bring on. And like last season, they would have had like all of these guys and Sterling and you know like so. Arsenal don't have, don't have the same monetary capacity, but like they should be looking to emulate that level of depth at least. Yeah, totally. And it's a bit, to be honest, it's a bit strange. You kind of wonder if this game got to Arsenal's head a little bit, knowing that Newcastle was going to be such a good competition. Because last week, you know, I was quite worried about that Brighton game. I know we spoke about us obviously winning it, yeah. but there was every chance that that ended up as a very similar match to this. So it's surprising to go from 4-2 away yeah. to this result. No, I agree. And it's weird that, like, at home, we've turned home into such a fortress. And, like, to be fair, we still didn't lose today. We didn't concede a goal either. But um, definitely showed, like, a little bit of struggle. Like, a, just, just, just a little bit of offensive struggle. And, like, maybe that's just how well-drilled Newcastle are. I don't know. But, I don't know, though, because the first 10 minutes of that game, it really looked like Newcastle was going to not turn over, but it didn't look too dissimilar from other games where we batter yeah, teams like West Ham or Brighton. So did I know, like, did you notice any change in Newcastle I think strategy? Just, I, didn't, didn't no, I think it. they just got a foothold in the game. Like, we, like I, no team can, like, play at that intensity for a whole half. And about 15 minutes in, Arsenal dropped off for about, like, five minutes. Or maybe Newcastle got into Arsenal's half for one chance. Well, I mean, they... Newcastle dropped off in a sense that they didn't really have any attacking opportunities. So they were, like... You know, they kind of played in their box for the majority of the game and Arsenal was trying to get it in there, but due to the lack of creativity and I would also argue intensity, uh, it ends nil-nil. Yeah. So a bit disappointing. bit disappointing. Uh, but like, again, we're, we're top of the league. You know, uh, what was in my head that entire match was on the last podcast, you saying that that was the team that you were the most, you know, probably the most worried about. Them and City, yeah. And I would like to think that we really turned them into pretty much nothing this game yeah they, they look like newcastle from last they, season they, yeah, they, they look like a mid they, they look like like admittedly a, like a decent team like a, like a top half team but not like a 
they didn't have us on the ropes. But like when point. you even even that though, like what makes them look like a top half team just because they defended Arsenal? It's because they defended well, and, they, and to, be, to their credit, they, 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 they there were a couple of nervy moments for us, uh, and they also shut us out. But in terms of like, they didn't look like a Champions League contending team. No, me. not at all. Yeah. Not at all. That's what I mean. We kind of made them look, we made them look bad, but at the same time, they made us look pretty bad. Yeah. So we kind of cancelled each other out, which is not the ideal soccer match you want to watch at the fucking 6.45 yeah. in the morning. But so, yeah, yeah. at the same time, I think, like one, that's not how Arsenal plays. Two, I don't think that's how Newcastle would go away. Like they're happy with the draw because they're playing away into a top team. But I don't think either team will go away that excited about the match. Like Newcastle will think that Arsenal didn't play as well as they usually do. They'll be happy that they held us to a draw. Yeah. Sure. They, they, like if we were there and we, we came, if we were in Newcastle and came away with a draw, we probably wouldn't feel as good as the Newcastle team no. does, but we would still be content. Yeah. So what do you think we got Tottenham next week? Do we? Fuck. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, we'll touch on that in a second. Uh, firstly, I, want, I, I wanted to talk on um, a game that Wilbur, I think, went to over in England. Yeah, hectic. Man City drawing one all with Everton. Who saw that coming? Um, we were ripping him on the pod. Yeah, I know. Not me. And that actually gave us a seven-point buffer briefly, but if City go ahead and win tomorrow, then that'll be dissipated back to five points. Uh, but then last night, or this last yesterday morning, uh, Liverpool losing 3-1 to Brentford. It was an outrageous game. Yeah, I like, haven't actually seen the highlights for that game. I watched the full. I watched the like the extended twenty twenty five minute highlights, and like that team doesn't look like they're Liverpool. Something's like extremely off. Yeah, because I think Jamie Carragher said it, like it, it's weird. It, it, it's like Jurgen Klopp. It's like a Jurgen Klopp team trying to play without Jurgen Klopp players. You know what I mean? Like the sort of technical ability or sort of aggression that Jurgen Klopp. Pl- teams and players you've played with in the past this team doesn't seem to have that but it's like so this was the thing when you watch the game Brentford looked like they were absolutely dominating from start to finish and I can't remember if it was this game or the last game but Brentford had no that was against did they play Tottenham last week yeah yeah that's when they had a couple disallowed goals Brentford I love Brentford by the way but you look at these stats right so against Liverpool Liverpool 16 shots to Brentford's 10 Liverpool six shots on target to Brentford seven. Liverpool possession seventy three percent to twenty seven. Passes Liverpool six fifty to Brentford's two thirty. Jesus. Pra- pass accuracy eighty five percent for Liverpool, forty nine percent for Brentford, and they somehow walk away three one against. Liverpool. That just shows you how fucking unreliable stats are. But that is wild though. It, it's just ridiculous. And then you just kind of go. And last time they played each other, it was three all. So Brentford clearly has Liverpool's number. Yeah. Brentford has a lot of teams in the top half's number. Arsenal are the only team in the top half to beat Brentford this season. Chelsea drew with them. Spurs drew with them. They beat United. They beat Liverpool. They beat City. Um, Yeah. So it was a good game. And like, I love to see teams like Liverpool get padded like that. It's so good. Because it just reminds you that, you you know, we talk about the money in sport. We talk about how really it's only a two-team race every year. And here we are with... Bloody Newcastle, Arsenal first, and I think second or third. Yeah, uh, I think Newcastle's third. They'll be yeah equal yeah. equal on points of City, but third, yeah. yeah. Like here they are having a nil nil draw, and on the other side of the England, we've got Liverpool losing three one to Brentford. Like I think it, 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 oh, it's a, great, it's a great advert for like the Premier League brand for sure. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where you can go like, despite the money in the league, despite obviously some teams being absolutely stacked compared to others. Yeah, like the EPL is the best league in the world. Oh yeah. Without a doubt, you don't need to tell me. 
but then Everton this morning crashing back down to earth have just lost 4-1 to Brighton brutal after Brighton <laughs> lost 4-2 to us yeah uh, and goal- they scored and they scored in the 92nd minute yeah goals to Matoma Ferguson Solly March and Pascal Gross and a Damari Gray penalty uh, yeah, Everton's not looking too... Like, it's weird. Like, Everton, I, I still don't at home, think... At home. Yeah, I still don't think Everton are going to get relegated, but you just never know. Because, like, they're so hard, such a hard team to beat. They paid so well against City. And, like, we're, we're deserving of that point. But then they come back to home and just play absolutely dog shit against Brighton. I don't get it. They're, I put really Everton in the same category as teams like Tottenham. And not to be biased for a second, but there's just, like... It really comes down to chemistry. Yeah. And it really feels like no matter what players they have out there on what day, it just matters whether they click or not. And I guess yeah. that comes down to the manager and the strategy. And I'm still not certain on Frank Lampard. Like many I think Frank's are. done a good job in certain aspects, but then also at other times they look terrible. So Terrible. Like losing 4-1 to Brighton is woeful. Yeah. Like, I mean, Brighton are a good team. They're a like, good we team. We made them look bad, but like they are a top half team. Like, they're a good team. Um, but yeah. I, I think that's know. brutal. And, and yeah, what I mean by that... Uh, grouping them with Tottenham is that on any day they can beat Brighton 4-1 but then any other day they can lose 4-1 yeah so I just don't I would never put money on a team like Everton or Tottenham oh no yeah but right now the table has Everton sitting in 16th only two points above no one point above the drop zone if not but no yeah with and with Nottingham Forest West Ham Wolves and Southampton the four teams below them having all played one game less than Everton. So, dangerous times. But anyway, uh, United also this morning, winning 3-0 against uh, Bournemouth. So that now propels them into um, fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they just leapfrogged over Tottenham. They're five points clear of Tottenham. Five points, not bad. So... They seem to be. They, they they seem to be like they 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 faltered a little bit before the international break or for the World Cup, but since they've the return, they've been looking red hot. Marcus Rashford in particular looking very good. Scored again today. Superstar. Yeah. Save the kids. Yeah, I'm really interested, intrigued for when we um, play them at our place. That will be a very interesting. Game. I never look forward to Manchester United. Yeah, it seems to be some sort of weird bogey team for us. I don't. I don't well, Bournemouth have been in woeful form. Like they lost to United today three 0 their yeah. last Premier League game, they lost 2-0 to Crystal, which was a disaster game. Yeah. Then the the game before that, just be- after Christmas, they lost 2-0 to Chelsea. And then before that, they lost to Newcastle. So they're, it's their fourth get, fourth loss in a row. Yeah. After after initial bit of resurgence when they sacked their manager. Um, what's his fuck? Oh, this is... It's, I know who he is, but his name is Scott Parker. Yeah. Um, they had a bit of a resurgence, but now they've, like you said, lost four or five on the bounce. They're one point above Still Everton. got the second worst goal difference in the league, and they're one point above Everton in 15th. Yeah, I'm not really... Um, I'm not I would excited still, for their prospects. I would still pick them to go down over Everton. Just because, yeah, yeah, Just sure. because I reckon they could fade away a lot harder than Everton. Um, all right. Then, the last uh, result that I saw... I think it was Leicester again losing to another team in Fulham. Uh, Fulham winning one 0 and I think that's two on the bounce now for Fulham, or maybe a win, sure. a win, two wins and a draw maybe. But um, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Leicester up to, up to thirteenth with a couple of good results before the uh, World Cup break, but they're been in the relegation game. zone for a little bit. I mean, they're still only three points above the relegation zone. To be fair. 
There's, there's, there's a four-point gap between Leicester and Aston Villa in 12th and 21. And Leicester in 13th on 17 points. Leeds on, in 14th on 16 points. Bournemouth Bournemouth in 15th on 16 points. Everton 15 points. West Ham relegation zone 14 points. Nottingham Forest 14. Yeah. Wolves 13. So and hey, Fulham's playing really well this season. It's so a very tight a, pack in there for yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's not an un, that's not an un, like that's Fulham not a seventh result. Yeah, which is crazy. Seventh. I think 28 points or something. Yeah. Like yeah, they're, they're playing incredibly well. Um, so this is not like an outrageous result. And Mitrovic scored, of course. Yeah. Superstar. The big man. So yeah. Um, Interesting times in the Premier League, and I think tomorrow, tomorrow, what have we got? We've got, hold on, Southampton versus Nottingham Forest, uh, Leeds versus West Ham, Villa versus Wolves, Palace versus Tottenham, ooh, Chelsea City on Friday morning. Yeah, it's a good game. So what what would your prediction be for that one? Oh, City for sure. City yeah. for sure. I'll go, I'll go 2-1. 2-1? I'm going to go... I'm going to go 3-1. I reckon they're going to get dicked down a little bit. Going back to the Premier League comment you made earlier, it's it's so funny, right? We were on this pod last week talking about how all the powerhouses won last week so convincingly. You know, we had Liverpool beating Leicester. We had Man U beating Wolves. And then Man City obviously drew to Everton, but that's an outlier. And Arsenal beating Brighton. And we're going, oh, and Chelsea. Oh, did Chelsea win? They beat Bournemouth. Eh? Yeah, they beat Bournemouth. And then here we are this week. And like <laughs> Liverpool lose 3-1 to Liverpool. Everton and Man City have drawn, and it's the the just consistency is so fascinating. Yeah, it's like no team can hold that great of a run no. other than Arsenal, right? Like this is our. But right yeah, now. still, still, still only losing one game so yeah, far. Yeah, sixteen, so. two, and one. Like I don't think we can complain about that. No, definitely not. Um. All right. Oh, we just so we, oh no, we don't play Tottenham. It's on the sixteenth. To the sixteenth. Well, that's our next game though. Oh, is that some sort of? International break, surely not. No, it won't be international break. That can't be right. Maybe it's like a, might be might be a cup game. Someone it? give us a heads up in the comment section. Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you, and you know what's going on <laughs> next week, uh, uh hit, hit my phone number up. Yeah, I know it's a weird time of year, January. Our heads are a little bit scrambled, and it's also super early in the morning. Um, one thing I do think. Hold on, I'm just going to check the fixture list. So, so there's a, so there's a, oh, so it's this weekend there's no games. That must be because of cup fixtures. That makes fixes. sense. They're giving them a bit. So bit it's, of it's Friday the 6th of January is Chelsea City and then Friday... The 13th of January is Fulham-Chelsea, the, the next game of next round. So there must be some sort of cup game this weekend. Can't wait for the EFL. EFL Cup. Stay up all night. Yeah. I'll, wait. I'll be Watch Arsenal-Coventry. Setting my alarms for that one. I'm pretty sure we're out of the League Cup. Good. Because we lost... <laughs> I think we're in the FA Cup, Good. but we lost to someone else. Good. Should we talk about Ronaldo? Have you oh, spoken yeah, about true. it? Yeah, we haven't actually spoken about it. So, yeah. He's going to Al Nasser uh, for... 200 million a year also Anderson who got a lot of uh, coverage from our pod on the World Cup preview <laughs> we were talking about how like every Saudi Arabian player oh yeah plays plays for the Saudi League and plays for Anderson yeah, yeah and now look at him 
Uh, they, they got a lethal strike partnership of Cristiano Ronaldo and Vincent Abubakar. Abubakar, that's it. Cameroonian legend from the World Cup. Remember when he came on and scored those two goals? Man, how could you forget? Against Serbia, I think it was. I think, yes. But yeah, the Ronaldo thing, I mean, it's just like a bit of an end of an era, isn't it? I just don't know, like, as I was saying to you earlier during the Arsenal match, I'm like, you know, I think it would be impossible to leave Cristiano Ronaldo out of a, like, top 10, 15, 20 athletes of, like, all time list. But he would be number one on, like, ruined legacy in a very short period of time list. I mean, not... He'd be up there with OJ. Not ruined, <laughs> not, not quite that much. But I, think, I don't think he's ruined his legacy to, like, a greater degree than some, but I feel like just because of, like, the level of his profile... He, like, it's, 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 it, like, the, the gravity of it is bigger. One thing's, like, a drop in form, though, right? Where, like, you know, Michael Jordan's 40 years old playing for the Wizards and everyone remembers how good he is and he's still performing at that level. Yeah. But I think what irritates me the most about Ronaldo, because I've always been someone who likes Ronaldo more than Messi, is it's his own decisions that have led him down this path, not anyone else yeah and I think that's what's frustrating like you've done all this work to get out of Manchester United why because you wanted to be starting and playing in the Champions League and the Premier League and instead you were playing against Sheriff on a Wednesday night right like that's why he did this so now you're free you're liberated and you choose to go to fucking Saudi Arabia yeah it's like that seems to me a bit contradictory yeah and like he also said in a quote on like an interview he did it like four or five years ago. He's like, oh, I want to go out at the top. I don't want to like play in you know, Qatar. Because he does have that mentality. Like the UAE. Even during this whole United stuff, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's still like the first player of training doing like a thousand fucking sit-ups a day. Like all that stuff. And it's like, did you really like, you see what's just happened to Messi? Like, is he so jaded by that? He's like, I'm never going to be able to reach. I'm just going to go for the money. Part of me thinks that, yeah. But also part of me, I also legitimately do think that him and his team would have reached out to every Champions League club under the sun. I all reckon they don't. They didn't want him, or at least, or at least they didn't want him for the amount of money that he was demanding. He would. He should that's get probably paid. an element I that, haven't. That's where his enough. desires and demands did not align. Like he wanted to play for a Champions League team, but he wasn't prepared to get paid essentially what his what his ability is worth at this point. I guess a really good point that I've considered. Like, and the reason is because we haven't heard any any news about that yeah like we haven't heard of like Atletico rejecting Ronaldo's request or like broken down contract talks yeah you hear you hear hear like one or two teams like Fabrizio Romano says uh, you know could be interested and then it's just like you don't hear about it again because it's probably like they said no yeah I mean that's a pretty you know and I would say also he's done that to himself if he's at the position where you know 32 Champions League teams don't want him like that's yeah. that says a lot about it himself that, there true. you go into the legacy right yeah. if you're one of the best players of all time and not one of 32 teams want you as a free agent yeah it means you've you've fallen off to a point where it's like you're not you're, people, see, people see you as not a player that would give their team an advantage well in that's a game. the problem because it's not a skill based thing because you can't tell me that Ronaldo wouldn't slot into the starting 11 of like at least minimum right 10 of these 32 teams but then the problem becomes it's his personality he might not though Oh, actually, no, no, yeah, no, he probably would, but like that. I mean, do you know It'd be small. No, it'd be smaller teams that couldn't pay his wages. Yeah, like I'm just gonna get like, let's do this. Exercise. No, you're right. He would drop into like probably ten out of the thirty teams. Let's just go through some of the groups from this season and the teams that re- realistically would you know not Rangers. So Napoli. No, nah, they've got Oshiman. He wouldn't start over Oshiman. Liverpool, no. Ajax, who wouldn't go there? 
Rangers. Uh, wait, who have I actually got? They've got. Well, they had Gakpo. Oh no, they didn't. They that no, was um, PSV. They had someone. He might start there, but Porto. Yeah, probably start there. So that's the problem. Like even looking at a team like Porto or Lisbon, it's like, yes, they would never be able to reach the salary demands that he's getting at Saudi Arabia, right? But just like there's no other team probably in the world that can match those salary demands. No. But like if you're Ronaldo, surely a move to Porto or Lisbon, go yeah. back to Portugal, you're going to be playing Champions League football. Like how do you not take that? And also like, There's no way those teams The one no thing I think of when I, when I hear about like this type of thing is like you hear like stories like from, for example, Tom Brady who's considered the greatest of all time yeah. in his sport. Uh, and he, at the, whether it was at the Patriots or whether it was at the Buccaneers, has taken like a pay cut from what he's... And like, he's still playing at a much higher level than comparatively than Ronaldo's playing at right now. But yeah. he's taken... Like, like, even four or five years ago, he was taking pay cuts so the team could be built around him. And that's why it's so disappointing. Like if the reason Ronaldo didn't go back to Lisbon was simply because of wage demands. It's like, bro, like there's more to this than wages. And this is what we're talking about, like... Does having 300 million or 400 million make that much of a difference? Yes, it absolutely does. But I really feel like Ronaldo and these players that are at such a pinnacle I mean, and an echelon of their sport, yeah. surely you start thinking about your legacy and your pride over the financials. And that's why Oh, yeah. Really I mean, at this point for Ronaldo as well, like the guy's clearly made at least 500 million in earnings. I mean, he's not sitting around being like, oh, like if gets, I go he, to Saudi Arabia, I can buy that yacht I'm looking at. He gets at. paid like 3 million in Instagram posts. Like the guy does not need the money in the slide. And that's why it's such a disappointing decision. Like that is the fundamentals of it. It's, yeah. you could have, like I get it, maybe you weren't able to play a Man U. Maybe you're not going to go to Barcelona or Real Madrid again. But you can't tell me you couldn't have gone back to Lisbon and recreated yeah. your legacy. Hey, man. Ronaldo's decided to go down the route of being the capitalist poster boy. Yeah, it is the dark night. <laughs> the dark night. And the thing is, is like we're going to see him in a year's time. He's going to... You know what he's going to become? He's going to become Bale at LAFC. That's what's going to happen. Because ah, Bale, like, elite... Like, Bale, was, yeah, went there and get paid. But, like, he, you know... And he's not getting paid that much. And also, you can just kind of tell that like he preferred to play golf and like he didn't kick up a song and dance about wanting to play Champions League. He was just like, oh, my heart's just not really I mean, this, but this is the end of his career. Like, And like at least with Bale, he... You oh, know, you mean was, like in terms of like his career like fizzling out? Yeah, this is the thing. Like, you know, what, what, when are we going to talk about Ronaldo again? We're going to see some like pixelated vision from the Saudi Arabian League on Reddit. Yeah. And it'll be and like, he, oh, Ronaldo scored three goals today. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. And like, how could he care is the point. I don't think. I think. I, I also think I wouldn't be surprised if he if he doesn't set the world alight. For this That's what I mean. Like I think there'll be a, he might score like double double digit goals. Yeah, in he'll the be like Higuain for New York. Like, like who cares? He'll score like 10, 10 to fifteen goals, but like to the point where it's like it doesn't just look like he's phoning it in to get paid. But like he he's it'll not, be close. He's not going to be like you know. And it also does make me wonder though. Like he's two years older than Messi, right? He's two years further along in like yeah. that sort of career trajectory. Where do we think Messi's going to be in two years? Well, I just saw something during the game that Fabrizio said that um, there is agreement verbally between Messi's camp and PSG that they'll extend his contract beyond 2023. Yeah. So that's already, you know, if that's up for this year. But I don't think Messi, I don't think Messi has it in him to, like you see what he's just achieved. I don't think he's anywhere near going to El Nasir. No. Or I also just think Messi's play style, or as he's developed it over the years, um, like makes it 
more that makes it easier for him to keep playing longer. Totally, because he can just drop deeper and deeper into midfield and still dictate play. I just don't know where he'd go. Like, I guess no one knows where they'd go. No I mean, he could go back PS. to Barcelona in a few years. He could go to America. I think I think Inter Miami still want him real bad. Um, I mean, who wouldn't? You but can't I feel tell like Inter uh, Miami didn't want Ronaldo. Right? But I feel like Messi would like to probably win another Champions League and probably see if he see and probably keep playing for Argentina. Well, there's a part of it where you go, "Hey, Messi! Like in two years' time, maybe you're nowhere near the starting eleven, but you can stay on our bench and we'll still give you 15 minutes." Yeah, and I also think Messi, Messi ego-wise, probably doesn't. Ca- I think Messi has definitely come off the bench more times in his career than Ronaldo has, whether that's been coming back from injury or just whatever. But like. I, I, Messi has a big ego. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you kind of have to be at, 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 to be that good. Can't not have it. Uh, but I also feel like he would be like as he gets older, he would probably care less about coming off the bench, especially if it was like presented to him in like a sort of like a minutes management type of thing. Like we're trying to save you in, in like games that don't mean as much. Yeah, you're Kawhi Leonard of the yeah the Kawhi yeah the Kawhi Leonard of Ligue 1. And I think the problem. No, I think not the problem. The good thing about and this is why I get so frustrated about Ronaldo's decision is there is as much likelihood that Messi is a PSG in three years. Yeah, I reckon I can see him there the season after next. Three years, I don't know. But I, I, I can see him being the same age Ronaldo is now and still being in... Yeah, like, still playing Still playing top in, in, in top five European League football. Yeah. And that's what's disappointing about this. Yeah. Because we wanted both of them to play for as long as possible at the highest level possible, and Ronaldo has made a voluntary decision to remove himself from that conversation. Yeah, because while, like, while Ronaldo physically may still be like great, like, and like, yes, it looks like his first touch and decision-making and stuff has dropped off, um, physically he's still fine. But I think the mental side of all the distracting factors of the, like all this saga has, that's dragged on for so long has to have had on him. It's probably affected his game as well. Whereas Messi hasn't really had that. He's just been... Often, often the French league just quietly going about his business. Yeah, and like it's the same thing, right? When Messi left Barcelona to go to PSG, it's just like Mbappe at PSG. It's still a cruisier way yeah. through your career because you are playing. It's a know, step down for him for sure. It's, and a, massive it's, step it's, down. it's a step down, and then like he essentially saves himself to play like the occasional Champions League game. Agreed, and this is why. Yeah, would we have rathered Messi stay at? Barca, of course, because it's more top quality football. There's more interesting matches. Would we have rathered Ronaldo stayed at Real Madrid going to Juve? Mm, interesting. Juve was a bit of a, a project that would have been exciting, but that obviously didn't go the way expected. Yeah. Then he goes straight from Juve to Man U and it's two duds in a row. So you're right. I think that both, I think he's, I think probably when you track well, this back. Well, I wouldn't back, call Juve a dud per se. I, I just a dud in terms of how the team performed, but him him himself scored what twenty to five to thirty goals. Yeah, a season, he did all two he seasons could. in a row. He did all he could. It but the team did. The team much. wasn't there, and the system wasn't there for yeah. it. And like you look at Juve now, and my God, it's like you can't blame Ronaldo for this. Like no. they're 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 sh- woeful. But like, I felt like they Juve had much deeper issues that they tried to cover up or paper over the cracks by signing Ronaldo and it just didn't work no and like they were starting Quadrado at like 34 on the wing yeah which is never going to work out no and so that's a bit disappointing and like I think yeah we'll look back at this in five years regardless of where Messi is and Ronaldo and I still think this will sit badly with me 
Oh yeah, like this decision. I just I want to hear him justify it. Like I would love oh, to hear what never, he says. No one will ever. He'll never. Maybe like because when, he, maybe because when he's like you know Eric Cantona's age now, where Eric Cantona yeah. goes on like random rants on stage and stuff, he might say something about it. But like he's way too like off in his own world to respond to this. Yeah, I'm also I, to be honest, I, I'm just kind of keen to not hear about him for a while. I hope he's sort of just like. Like being in an Alnacer league that's not covered much, you, we just not, we just don't have to hear about him for a while. Like, because how got long the contracts for? Two years. It's two hundred million a year two for years. two years. So it's four hundred million over two. So years. I kind of wish it was one year, so Renato could have that one year taste experience in Saudi Arabia and go maybe fuck it. Yeah, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree, and I also think that. Um, I I I, I kind of yeah, wish that like it was one year, so that we didn't have to. Yeah. And, like there was no that that Newcastle thing wasn't in the deal, so we wouldn't have to hear all these people being like, "Oh, Newcastle made the Champions League. They're going to be back. They're going to be." It's like no, and they're going to take Ronaldo. It's like no, they're not. And maybe that's the difference in maybe opinion or what we desire between you and me. Like I want to see Ronaldo at Newcastle. Like if that's an option, I want to see it happen. I don't really want to see it. Yeah. So like, and that's, and that's why it's so interesting (laughs) Yeah. because some people are like, great. He's in Saudi Arabia. No one's going to hear from him. Piss off. Good luck. Whereas my point of view is like, I still want to see him try and compete at the top level of football. I wouldn't mind him seeing competing at the top level of football. I just don't want to see him at Newcastle. I think I, I like that they're doing their own thing without having to get superstar big names in their team. But I'd want him at Bournemouth over Al Nasir. Yeah. Like, I would, I'd want him playing in the top five leagues over Al Nasir. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, that'll probably do us for this week. Keeping it short and sharp because it's early in the morning and we're tired. Um, a disappointing result for Arsenal, but hopefully they can bounce back in just over a week. I mean, that's why it is the best season to be an Arsenal fan in my life because we have a draw against a top three team and we're talking about it as it's a disappointment. Exactly. And that's Ta- where we have to reflect. Times and, times and expectations have changed. Have changed. For the, and for, for the, the better. better. And long may it continue. Um, yeah, that'll be all for now. Thank you again for Rezik for jumping in. Um, he's performed admirably in Wilbur's absence. Uh, we miss you, Wilbs. We miss you, Wilbs. Uh, he flies back uh, later on this week. So expect to see and hear from him in the coming weeks. All right. Um, that's all from us. Ta-ta for now. Hopefully everyone is recovering well from their New Year's Eve celebration. Yeah. <laughs> uh.